Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Vicky Pierce. Hi Vicky, how are you? Hi Denise, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's really good to have you on. So Vicky, what is your business called and what do you do? Um, so my business is called Inside Liverpool. got some plug behind me. Um, and basically what we do is we help property investors to invest successfully in Liverpool. So we give education, we do some consultancy work and we work with people in the online space, just teaching them and educating them about the city and how it works and kind of just giving them advice and guidance depending on their different circumstances. Um, and we've been doing it for about three or four years now. So it's been wow, really busy. So I'm obviously in the property world as well I'm a a commercial property surveyor and I've also got a residential portfolio as well so what what side of the business or do you pick a side are you commercial or are you residential residential well we've got some commercial units but I don't really get involved in any of that side of things um and when I say commercial they're like shops downstairs with flats above so they're they're more the kind of mixed use um but I'm very heavily on the residential side of things and dealing with the tenants and all those lovely complaints that you get <laughs> oh god yeah I, I do have agents that deal with that side of it predominantly but I, I don't know how you can do it on a day-to-day basis so what got you into this business um so we well back in 2007 and 8 really the, the property crash caused caused this kind of diversion because um since 2006 I was a trained English teacher I was a secondary English teacher um doing full-time secondary English Mind my own business, um, living in a city centre apartment with my then partner, um, and the crash happened. We were hoping to sell the property and make a little profit. Um, 2007 and eight, obviously, the crash happened, and we lost 25% of the value of the house almost, you know, instantly. And um, I was only teaching. My partner was working in retail at the time, so we just didn't have the cash to be able to plug that gap with the mortgage. But it was only a one-bedroom city centre apartment, and we'd kind of outgrown it. We'd been there a couple of years. Um, and we wanted to move on and it was just an impossibility so we decided um, we'd put tenants in thinking how hard can it be as you do <laughs> we put tenants in um, and we moved back in with my mum and dad because it was a case of now we need to save a deposit you know to move on and what have you and good enough those tenants were absolutely amazing they looked after us more than we looked after them um, and they were fantastic tenants and on the back of that it gave us kind of that um you know that that idea that it, this could this could work this could be an actual business um and I was still teaching at the time and you know teaching salary was quite good you know for, for my age and things I thought I was on on a career path but quite quickly it was clear that I wasn't really progressing as quickly as I wanted to in that kind of business and then in 2013 my dad um had a brain hemorrhage and life just oh, became wow. totally like topsy-turvy so we'd we'd just acquired a couple of bites left between that kind of 2010-2013 we'd had a little dabble you know we're just buying something and doing it up and putting some tenants in and then when my dad had the brain hemorrhage he was in hospital for 12 months so I couldn't go back to work Um, I'd also had a baby during that period as well so life was just a bit nuts and um, I quickly realized that teaching wasn't really going to serve me anymore It, it was a it was a chance to kind of reflect on a different way of doing life. Um, and I needed to be more flexible just because I had the baby and I had my mum to look after and stuff. So I didn't go back. Um, I went back very briefly for about three or four months or so. And then I just quit teaching um, because my dad then passed away. And it was a case of this is just, you know, 12 months to really prioritise family and, and kind of understand what was important. And I'd gone back to my line manager and asked if I could drop down to three days a week. And she said, we can't accommodate that. So 
I decided, yeah, I just decided, well, I can't accommodate you. So, um, so I gave her notice. <laughs> Love that. that was, oh, <laughs> like, yes, what could Vicky. you do? It was just, I was just so upset by, you know, the, the whole lack of kind of empathy. And um, and I'd gone back, I'd done three months, I'd kind of tried to make it work a little bit and it just wasn't. Um, so we so I quit and I quit with, I think I had about five grand in the bank and I had, um, I did do some freelance work as well. So when I was teaching, I was doing some freelance work and um, working for schools and colleges and doing assessment stuff. So I had a little bit of work in the pipeline, but not nowhere near enough to just quit and look after the baby and a house <laughs> and all the things that go with that. And I just made it work basically because we had to um, set up a couple of businesses, tried various different things, dabbled with um, a children's toy business of all things. Um, went to, uh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> went into um, went into doing more consultancy work for schools and colleges because I did that freelance anyway. So I increased that massively. Um, set that up as a little business but there was a lot of travel and things involved and my mum wasn't doing too good at the time and and what have you so 2016 we were just like let's make this property a professional thing because it's ticking over in the background without real effort or thought um, and we didn't really have any money to build the portfolio so then we had to go away and get educated about how do you do that then when you've got limited funds limited resources um, and we did and it was a case of your back's against the wall. You've just got to make this work. And we did. Fantastic. And then by 2017, I was helping investors do the same thing as we'd done. And we're still investing now. Single bite lets is my preference um, because they are as, you know, as passive as you can get to a certain extent with Resi. And um, yeah, we've been helping investors. So we set up a couple of property businesses now. I've got three. Um, and we do all different aspects of kind of looking after the tenancies, acquiring properties, refurbishing them and what have you. And then also the education and consultancy stuff to help other people do the same. So That's a lot. It, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, the, thing, the thing that I picked up that you haven't discussed, though, is previous partner. Oh, sorry. No, it's not. He became a husband. His ornaments. Yeah, it's the same partner. Ah! It was just that we weren't married. At the yeah, time. So I'm going... <laughs> And at some point you became a single mum and you're like, like the end. And I'm like, oh, okay, you've missed that bit. No, sorry, just previous, as in he was my partner. Now he's my husband. Um, Yeah, we got married in two, but oh God, you're asking me now. I don't know. (laughs) Some some period in the past. We're we're Um, married. (laughs) We are married now, yes. And we have a beautiful daughter who's seven. Um, So yeah, we kind of just, we made things work in, in the way that we thought made the most sense. So yeah, no, I mean, I can totally resonate with that completely because that's exactly how my business has evolved through, you know, grit and determination and need and, yeah. you know, desire and wants and all of that that stuff. And, and I actually really love that because that way you're, you're kind of always going towards the, the thing that makes the most sense, the thing that, you know, you kind of love and are good at. And, and I really love that side of it. But let's Absolutely. start back to the whole um, property side of things. So you said now that you've got like kind of, you know, three different types of portfolios. So tell me about the, the teaching aspect of it. How, yeah. what, what exactly are you teaching people to do? So um, basically back in about 2017, Liverpool became really fashionable as a place to invest. It was in the media, you know, everyone was saying come up north. And we just positioned ourselves. I'd spent a whole year in networking, like literally just going to every networking event, getting to know everybody in the city. That sounds absolutely horrific. Exhausting. (laughs) No, 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 no. Horrific. I cannot think of anything I would rather not do. Are you good in those situations? 
It, it was a case of, I, I wouldn't say I was good at it. It was a case of, again, it was a need because um, I paid for a certain amount of education. And again, you don't have unlimited funds to just keep throwing at all of these kinds of education courses. And it was like three grand for a weekend. And I, all I kept thinking was, you know, this is a deposit off a house. Like if I spend enough of these, I can buy a couple of houses. So networking was very much about um, building that network of like brokers, solicitors, surveyors, friends who were letting agents, <clears throat> um, other property investors in the city, people that I had respect for. We, we kind of already knew some of these people on a, um, you know, just on a kind of a friendship level. But then we got into this kind of like we were setting up referrals for each other. We were creating business for each other and it became a lot more professional. Um, and I spent, my husband always makes me laugh when he says, I spent 2016 going for a Costa coffee almost every single day with a different person. <laughs> and I remember coming home after like God knows how many. And he actually said to me, when are you going to go out and actually make some money? Like yeah. stop going for these coffees. And I said, I get what you're saying, but I honestly believe that the, the connections that we're making now and it, it was the best thing I ever did. And it was, a, it was an absolute need, but now like looking on kind of three four years later I can text some of those people whenever I've got something sticky you know a sticky situation if I need some support with something and you've got those those relationships for life and it was a case of um building a very good network and then obviously because other investors needed some help we we kind of connected them with that network it was like these are the people we trust because we've kissed a lot of frogs along this process oh. and <laughs> And you must have going through all those network meetings because there's so many frogs in there. And people who are just so disingenuous and people who are very quick to just look to take some money up front and kind of run away. Lots of um, very, very dodgy kinds of scams going on in the background. And just, I felt, especially as a female, it it feels like a very male-dominated industry. And I felt like I was getting hoodwinked into a lot of these things and people were like, oh, she's just a silly girl. She doesn't know very much. And it was a really you know what I've like I'm in a male dominated industry and I I really do use that as as utterly my superpower because the fact that people um they their expectations of me are low (laughs) from the start that I use that like the best superpower ever because it's just it it knocks them it knocks their fucking socks off yeah you know, I'll go along with that whole, oh, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> and then I'll be like, done. Like, you are done, boy. And I love that. The thing that I, the thing that I miss about the face-to-face meetings is, and what I used to do a lot when I used to do, like, big negotiations with big companies, is I would always go down to reception to collect people for meetings, and everyone would be like, why are you doing this, Denise? And I was like, don't you worry about it I'll show you and I would go down and I would collect them from receptions and between collecting them from reception and getting to them them to that meeting room would tell me everything I needed to know yeah. because nine out of ten times they'd be like uh like one talking as if I was like not there brilliant you've just told me everything that I'm about <laughs> to talk about or two they'd be like um can you get me a coffee please they thought you and were a receptionist. Every oh, time, every single time. Because look, like I am beautiful. They don't think I'm smart. So I would go into oh that room and then I would sit down and I'd be like, so good to meet yeah. you. And they'd be like, this is weird. Like, why is she still here? Yeah. And I'm not sure, at least what, I think it's only happened once, but I literally sat down and this guy went to me. I thought I asked for a coffee. Oh my God. 
and I was like oh this is good this is gonna <laughs> go so well because I just thrive off it I'm like yeah. you think I'm stupid I'm gonna rip holes out of you absolute arsehole so I use it as my superpower I properly put I think them in a de- corner I think it depends on the person that you're dealing with though because we had a few situations where um I I don't know there was a there was a kind of I was in a network of um people who were really you know quite quite influential they had quite big portfolios they seemed to know everybody in the city and by becoming friends with those people by association I you know kind of got to see properties that weren't on the market and all that kinds of stuff and I almost went into business with one of them because I just I absolutely fell for the whole patter and I just thought this guy knows stuff he's got all of these connections and we almost went into business um, and I came home my husband doesn't really get involved in the investor side he project managers and he like deals with the trades and things and I came home and I was like listen we're going to do this thing we're going to buy this property we're going to do all these conversions blah blah with this guy and he was like let me meet him and he met him <laughs> literally afterwards he was like he's an obit like yeah. no and I was just like no 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 he's this he's that and he was like no he's an obit and you're gonna and you know the same guy like 12 we didn't do anything um and it was a weird twist of fate really we didn't do anything because the market changed quite dramatically in that small kinds of area and suddenly the figures didn't stack up as well as they should have done 12 months later that guy was bust and I was like oh my god and I just completely fell for the whole I think I was just I felt so pleased that people wanted to bring me into this circle of you know secret properties and secret deals and things and I had this in I just trusted way too much in those you know in those early days now I'm the same as you now I'm just like when someone texts me or DMs me, I'm like, what do you want? What do you yeah. want from me? Because that's what, that's, you know, that's how it's become. But it did take a long time. I think it's a confidence thing because at the start, I just felt like I was new and I didn't really know anything. And, you know, all these people seemed, and, and I fell for the glitz and the glamour, the cars, the clothes, you know, all of that stuff. And it was all facades, wasn't it? Like the, the cars are hired, you know, the clothes are like on a credit card. And the guy was bust within 12 months. And I, I seen him in Starbucks one day, he was sitting in a tracksuit and then he was a Forex trader or something. <laughs> oh, thought, don't. Yeah, no. I, got, I, get, I get them sent to me all the bloody time, bloody idiots. But yeah, no, it, I mean, it's it's all pomp and faff. And I think, you know, I was... I always speak about how it's so important to be completely and utterly authentic because if it's not, yeah. you get caught. It, one, it's exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. pretending to be something yeah. you're not anyway, but you get caught out and you just yeah. look like the biggest asshole ever. So all of those people, they can't be happy. This it is must what I, be yeah. exhausting and it's just not real life. Well, the thing, the thing that's, that's made me happiest, I guess, during COVID, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Obviously, there's a lot no. of difficulties in COVID. No, I think loads of us have thrived through we've, COVID. Yeah, we've come into our own issue with the business because we're the people who are still here. So there's people who came, kind of came on the scene, sourcing properties, taking five grand um, sourcing fees and stuff up front. They've gone bust. They've taken people's money. You know, they're going to court, all these kinds of things. And now... There's this integrity and this honesty that you've built up over a period of time is coming back. And we, we actually have people saying to us, I don't really know anything about Liverpool, but I know that I want you to be involved in this somehow. And it's like at the start, I never dreamed. I thought I was going to have to be working incredibly hard for a long time. And it's like you put all that hard work in for three years and then that momentum has gained. And, and now our brand speaks for us before I speak to someone they're like oh we know because we've checked you out on google on facebook on you know in all the places um, yeah i'm exactly the same whenever it comes to someone saying you know how do i know that you'll be able to 
you know do a good deal for me I'm like you 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 don't but you can go and speak to all all of the other people that have recommended me here don't speak to them like nothing that comes out of my mouth is going to make a difference yeah absolutely if you haven't already decided ask them and if you don't get the answer that you want like I'm not the right person for you and I'm absolutely cool with that go and get the boring guy that's walking (laughs) off the golf course I'm all right for that well this is it and like sometimes I'm quite blunt with people as well so I am very quick to say you know someone will turn up a guy um I had a consultation call on Tuesday and this guy was like um listen I'm looking for all the BMV deals (laughs) I was like no and he was an overseas investor and a bit wet behind the ears and I said look like you missed the boat 2014 and he was awful upset and he was like I've paid you for this call and I thought I was going to get all this information and I was like I don't have secret deals hidden with the 25 like we're in the middle of a pandemic the market has never been busier we've got you know 10% down on listings estate agents can't keep up with the demands never mind sourcing agents I said so and he was just I think sometimes, like you said, I'm not the person for you anyway. Your expectations are different. We don't seem to be a good fit. And I'd rather people find that out sooner rather than yeah. later. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to just be authentically you throughout every discussion you ever have because it repels as many people as it you know brings into <laughs> yeah. your world. And, and yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. all for that. So what's the big grand plan for the business? Where are you going to take it? Well, um, so the property education business, I'm really keen to, um, the mission for the business is I want to change the rental market in Liverpool. I'm really upset by the the kind of the poor quality housing that so many tenants are having to put up with. It's impossible for us to buy every single property. So the goal is that we're trying to educate as many investors to give them, you know, a, a like an expectation of the level of the kinds of Do you think the new legislation has made a difference to all of this? To a certain extent, yes. Um, there's a lot of landlords who will still, you know, ignore all of that and do whatever they want. And and, and we had selective license in Liverpool as well, which we don't have at the moment, but it's coming back. And I do think the legislation's forcing, if they're, they're being forced to make a choice, you either become professional and level up or you sell up and you leave. And that's that kind of decision. And I get involved a lot in a lot of the Facebook groups um, because I'm legally trained. I, I try and help them yeah. with the legal answer to things. <laughs> they don't um, like and, it <laughs> god it's a thankless task but I just I, I think you know yeah. I, I'm, I feel very passionate about the fact that I'm lucky to be in the position that I'm in and I like to give back and that's a free thing that I can do yeah so I sit and I do it for an hour every night and I get and it's a thankless task and I just yeah. crack on with it and it's absolutely <laughs> fine but the amount of people that come back and say you know that they're trying we're trying to be driven out of the market. This is awful. La, 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 la. And I'm with you. I, like, for me, I, I've been a tenant before as well. Even though I've had a, a portfolio for the past 20 years, you know, there's been times when I've moved about and I've had to rent accommodation. And yeah. I've always, 100, 100% of the time, had an awful landlord. I've never had a good landlord before. And as a landlord, it's soul-destroying. Because I'm going... Yeah. I know you're wrong. What are you yeah. thinking? And they're like, yeah. no, because they're uneducated. So how how, how are you how are you managing to convince these people that have been in like the business forever to actually level up and get get it right? They're just they're having to. They're being forced to at the moment. So um, you know, so I've I've come at it from. I, I always tell them I was a teacher for a long time, and I'm like, my background is in education. So you know a bit like you I'm on a kind of a mission it's a bit of a thankless task and it's not the things that you want to hear all the time but because of that education background that's my way of doing things and 
it's it's really weird because loads of them don't want to listen and they won't engage and they you know they go off and do their thing but they still come back six months later or 12 months later when they've got a problem and when they've got we, even more of a sting in their ass because <laughs> yeah, they've been absolutely. bitten again and they've usually got no paperwork or things i have a landlord one of my actual tenants she's moved into my house now she moved out to the landlord's house and the landlord was like no you're in a 12 month ist she was like i've never signed a piece of paper with him she said um and i said we well, served all these documents at the start and she said no i haven't got any of those and i was like right so i helped her towards a letter because she said if I was genuinely stuck in a contract, I'd have to see it through. She says, but the, the property's got all these problems as well, and so on. And I helped to kind of work that letter. And he he doesn't realise who who it was that helped her with the letter, obviously. And he's actually in one of my Facebook groups. <laughs> and I was just laughing, thinking, I know so much about you as a person now, just from that one incident with a tenant. And they are going to get stung because, I mean, Liverpool City Council are poor. And if they think they can get money out of landlords through civil penalties, they were charging up to £30,000 in civil penalties during the last selective licence. So I just think you can't afford to get this wrong. You'll just get wiped out. Um, and unfortunately, you know, if you lose your portfolio, what a, what a stupid system. Like, just put your hands in your as pocket. Landlords, we've do... all, as landlords, we've all made mistakes. So I'm, I am absolutely there for warnings and stuff like that and to go... Yeah. Like, cool, you didn't you didn't know that legislation changed. Like, I'm yeah. legally trained and I yeah. still go, oh fuck, like I'd yeah, miss that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I so I'm all for kind of warnings and stuff like that. I'm also all for like being hit with a stick if you yeah. if you continue to get it wrong, because it's just it's unfair. Like to live in those situations that yeah. some people have to live in, like it's heartbreaking. Like, because I also help on um, tenants' side as well, and it's heartbreaking some of the situations I that I try to unpick because they, they they feel like they can't get any help. Councils are inundated by this stuff, and they you know they end up their, their choices are to end up homeless. I mean, it's yeah. a disgusting situation it's, to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And from like we've had tenants who have left us, so um, we've got um, some blocks of flats with you know like one bed and two bed flats, and often the tenants don't stay as long in those, obviously, as the houses we've had tenants leave those to move into you know a two beds or a three beds house and then actually contact us and be like can we move back <laughs> because you know we moved to this place that the photographs look great you know on the viewing maybe you know five minute viewing ten minute viewing or something it's only when you move into the property you actually start to see all, all the problems and things and it does become you know it, it's exhausting at times to try and help everybody but from the opposite side like we've got a really lovely mastermind group of investors some are overseas many of them are down south they've got a certain pot of money to invest in because they've been educated from the start by the things that we do and show them they've they've kind of increased the you know the good stock on the market so the other landlords are starting to suffer anyway because tenants are seeing what else is available and there's disparity in rent isn't there absolutely absolutely and even the other day I was laughing because I always say about staging properties you know get some professional photographs done have it staged it'll sell itself and um and an offer came up nothing to do with any of my landlords or investors or anything and I was like look this person staged this property and I'm so pleased and I was you know the tenants are enjoying this and so if the tenants are happy you're getting good renting you've got tenants who respect your property you know I'm making some money from the education of it all everybody is winning in this situation um and it's got to just it's just got to be better our, our city is built on you know so many rental properties yeah. Um, and we've got a massive like Eastern European population. They've got no desire to own properties. They just want to stay here for a few years and rent. And we can offer such good homes to them. But I think there's still, you know, some of the older, older kinds of style landlords, there's still a few of them that need mopping up and kind of, 
you know, helping through. But they are slapping slowly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> but they are slowly getting there, I think. Um, but it's yeah. So if someone needs some your help, if someone needs your help, where could they find you? Um, hanging out on Facebook most days, like yourself. I probably spend far too long in the groups. Um, and also our website. So our website's um, got absolutely everything on there that people need. Um, we do loads of YouTube videos as well. So there's loads of free content and stuff on there. Um, and that's linked to the website. And if you need a question or that, come and find me on Facebook. I'm always happy to chat. Um, to awesome. People. Well, you're tagged in lots of these. So you can you. stick all your information underneath because that would be so helpful for lots of people. So when you're Thank not you. doing all of this, what what's Vicky doing? being exhausted <laughs> during COVID is not an awful lot um, no. but, um travel is is our thing so um, my daughter's seven but we you know we try and holiday and really be to places at least four four times a year um and like she's seven and I just want to show her as much of the world as we possibly can and I think it's really since my dad passed away family has just become this really important thing my mum's still um, you know still need some support she's quite independent but she still needs some support so we take my mom on holiday with us as well so we we kind of just take everybody with us and and wander around the world we we were supposed to be going to Dubai and Canada this year but who knows um yeah I'm just chilling basically having having some downtime a little bit I, I, think, are, I, I mean I do <laughs> I, I am yeah. I do like to joke that being your own um, running your own business is picking which 16 hours a day you you work and I do yeah. believe that but I love that I can pick where I do yes. those 16 hours. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. I mean the online with COVID again you know one of the benefits that came out of COVID we did do a certain amount of stuff face-to-face some of it was online but some was face-to-face and we've been forced to go online with everything that we've done and actually it's been a blessing in disguise especially for overseas people as well some of the overseas investors always wanted access to more online stuff anyway so kind of works for everybody really I guess and like you say you know I've been <laughs> we did get to Rhodes in October and um and one of my lives was you know sitting on the balcony <laughs> yeah outside which like you could never have done that with teaching That's, you know, <laughs> I know 2019 all, all of my content was like me in some amazing place 2020 they're all from this bed <laughs> yes, I know I'm like me again I'm in my pajamas I'm not in my pajamas I'm in my pajamas I'm not in my pajamas so yeah oh wow um, the kids have gone back now though so I think we're starting to get a little bit of normality aren't we that's that's been my eldest went back today thank god for that I love her but in you know in smaller doses than we were experiencing (laughs) love her when she's at school yes absolutely Yeah, I, I was sacked from schooling very early on, so I just didn't get well, involved in it. That was the fine. irony, I was a teacher, wasn't I? So I was like, I will teach you how to do English. Apparently, that's that's not that's not how things are going to work. No, no, I, I don't think parents should be allowed to teach their kids. I think it's an absolutely thankless task, and there's a reason that they should yeah. go out to school. Yeah, I'm on board with that. So we're coming to the end of the podcast, and I end all of the podcast with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and I love the eight mile. He does all of his <laughs> rap battles by saying the worst things about him. Skinny is white, his mum lives in a trailer, so that nobody can say anything bad back to him. So, Vicky, what are the worst things about you? Oh gosh. Um, I talk too much, I talk too fast. <laughs> um, and I'm a little bit of a control freak, a big control freak. I'm all of those things. It's so funny. Every week that I ask people, I'm like, oh, I'm all of them. I'm like, how many bad things have I got? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of them. That's absolutely fine. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Vicky. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast, you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye to everyone, Vicky. Thank you, Denise. See you soon, everybody. Bye.